from Kramer, great to have you with us, sir. Uh, Got to start here. Your initial reaction Amazing. when you heard that Senator Heitkamp was a no on Judge Kavanaugh was what? Well, it was total surprise, Chris. I don't think it's any secret that I've always believed that she was going to vote for uh, Judge Kavanaugh, largely because of the statistics you've already read, and that is that North Dakotans more than two to one wanted her to, expected her to, and she's run a whole campaign on the brand that she's bipartisan, reaches across the aisle, votes with President Trump when he's with North Dakota, uh, has North Dakota in mind first, and then suddenly... She lost all of that uh, a week before the election and decided to vote against North Dakotans and against Judge Kavanaugh, I suppose, in favor of, uh, you know, the Democratic leadership in the Senate. We'll get to some of her clips in a moment, sir, but I'm curious, you know, you're politically savvy. Uh, how'd you miss this one? You know, I, I just don't know, Chris. I, I don't know what the strategy is, if she has a strategy, I don't know how she could after running millions of dollars of advertising and, and rhetoric that, that she is with North Dakota and not with uh, Chuck Schumer and Hillary Clinton, to then pull this is just a, a mind boggler to me and it's frankly it's deeply disappointing beyond the politics, it's just very disappointing that North Dakotans, um, you know, they're basically going to have one vote for and one vote against which means they basically don't have a vote I suppose. So let's get to some of her clips. As I mentioned at the top of the show, our D.C. Bureau uh, caught up with her. Um, our reporter asked her, so ultimately, what was the last straw? Why did you vote no? Here's her response. We'll get your reaction. In the world that I came from, which is um, uh, legal world, I guess, and, and looking at what happens when a victim comes forward, um, one of the most important things you can do for victims, even if as a prosecutor you can't prosecute the crime, is if you believe them to say you believe them. And I believed her. I believed her. And, you know, it doesn't mean that uh, I didn't believe him, but I believed her that it happened. And I thought it was important, and I continue to believe it's important um, to say I, I went when that's my judgment, that my judgment is that she was telling the truth. Congressman Kramer, your reaction? Well, I don't know how you believe her, but that doesn't mean you don't believe him. They can't both be telling the truth. And that's the problem. You, you have to make a decision. Now, if her decision is I believe her and don't believe him, okay. But you can't believe both of them. And, and in fact, that's why, that's why there was a seventh FBI background investigation to check on the witnesses that, that she said were there to see if they could corroborate her story. And by the way, several others. So does that mean that Senator Heikamp believes that he was a serial um, gang raper, that he you know, spent college years drugging women and, uh, and having his way with them? This is a scary standard that she has set. And she's a former prosecutor. Now, again, if she believes, you know, if she believes Dr. Ford, I understand that. But if she believes him, why did she wait this long to tell us? Why, if she believes Dr. Ford, what was that last straw, if you will, that, that the question was all about, um, you know, that, that t tipped over the edge? If there's nothing in today's report to corroborate Dr. Ford's um, statement, what is it that she's basing her belief on? Well, Congressman, on? it's interesting you say this because there's a clip at the end of her interview. We'll put the whole thing up on my Facebook page tonight. But she literally says it's a matter of perception. You can believe both people. And I thought, what? So we'll put that up tonight. Uh, mm. If you want to respond to that, I'd love yeah. to get your reaction. But I don't know how you believe both. I guess you can, but... 
Well, I think you could believe that both of them believe their stories. Okay. You could believe that something happened to her, but maybe it was somebody else. That's plausible. But it's also a little bit, of, you know, it's a little bit of a cop-out when you have this type of a decision to make on something as important as the Supreme Court of the United States, and North Dakotans overwhelmingly want you to vote for this candidate, for a very good reason, by the way. Uh, Judge Kavanaugh is great on the court and will be great on the court. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot more to it than sort of this, this emotional decision she seems to have made. Well, and I think what's interesting, and this, this to me, and you tell me if you disagree or agree with this, but if we can bring this picture up, uh, in 2012, she was campaigning with Bill Clinton. I mean, he's got many allegations against him. Yeah. Well, many allegations and a lot more corroborating evidence, by the way. The, and, you know, the corroboration that she was looking for was found. It's just that the corroboration cooperated Judge Kavanaugh's story, not Dr. Ford's story, and certainly the other accusers, which were just basically off the wall. All right. So I just worry about this new standard that she's set for decision-making into the future. Um, our reporter also asked her about the polling results that I shared with you at the beginning of the show, but hey, 60 percent of North Dakotans say that they want to see Judge Kavanaugh confirmed. I want to share with you her reaction to those poll results and, and get your response, sir. Sure. You know, the easiest thing in the world for me would have been take a yes vote, um, uh, get this over with. Uh, it will make um, all the political pundits uh, in North Dakota happy. They'll say this is what uh, the public wants and um, you know, that, that would, would uh, presumably be, uh, make, make my path to re-election easier. Um, I didn't come here to do the easy thing. I came here to do the right thing. And at the end of the day, the most important thing that I can do is, is the thing that's in my heart and the thing that's honest and true. And I, I tell people, there's a quote from, uh, from Robert Kennedy, and it is, you know, when you make decisions about what you're going to do in your life, it's history will judge you, but more importantly, you'll judge yourself. Congressman, I don't know if you can see that in your studio, but there's a time at the end there. She gets very, very emotional. And I'm just curious, mm -hmm. can you make the argument and give her some credit that she, she could be putting principles over politics? Um, you could certainly make that argument, but she's been running a campaign on she always votes for North Dakotans and what North Dakotans want, that she's going to vote, you know, with President Trump when he's right for North Dakota. Now, just so everyone's, you know, just to be up front, I believed that she was going to vote yes all along, as I told you probably just last night. The one guy that had this called right was Donald Trump. When he was in Fargo, he said she'll never vote for an appointee, they're the next appointee to the Supreme Court, and he was right again. Well, I've got that clip. I want to play that for you, sir, and just, just get your reaction. Uh, by the blessing of God, Donald Trump was here on June 27th, the same day that Justice Anthony Kennedy retired. Christy, I hope you can bring this up. It's down a little bit in our rundown, but uh, this is me with President Trump the day that Justice Kennedy retired, asking him about Senator Heitkamp. I want to play this clip for you, Congressman, and give you a chance to respond. Big news today with Justice Kennedy retiring. Yes, yes. You tweeted recently that you, Heidi Heitkamp is always a no when you need her, but she did vote for Gorsuch. Do you think you can get her vote if you vote before the election on this? Well, she's been a no. I mean, she was a vote, no on the tax cuts. The fact is they go along with Pelosi and Schumer, and I now add to that Maxine Waters. This is, seems to be a new leader in the Democrats, and she's been a no on almost everything, and I just can't rely on that. We, we have great things that we're doing and we're putting forward, and. The people of North Dakota love what we're doing, so we need Kevin so badly. Clearly seemed prescient there, sir, your response. Well, and he made the same point 
in the speech itself where he predicted that she wouldn't be voting for the next the next pick. I, I really thought he was going to be wrong. He's, his instincts are better than mine, even with regard to the people in North Dakota. I guess his instincts about her were what was right. I just thought that she would do what the people in North Dakota wanted her to do. Congressman, I want to ask you sort of an interesting question in the context of becoming, uh, you're a congressman or becoming a U.S. senator, if that works out for you. And the question mm -hmm. is this, is that when you're elected by your constituents, do you have a responsibility to represent what they want? Or do you have a responsibility to do sort of what you think is best for your constituents. And I want to create that context, play for you one more clip about yeah. uh, she was asked about the emotional uh, just sort of tug of war that she's had in making this decision. Share with you her response in, in that context, sir. Sure. Sure. You want to do the right thing by Judge Kavanaugh. I mean, you, th that's, let's not forget him in this equ equation. Um, you want to do the right thing for the court. You want to do the right thing for the country. But mainly, you want to do the right thing for your state. And to me, um, those things aren't mutually exclusive. Can you translate that for me, sir? Because it doesn't seem to make any Boy. sense. Chris, this is the first I've heard this, and it was nonsense. I mean, make your case. This is the problem with Senator Heitkamp so oftentimes. Make your case. She was doing pretty well. She was going to vote her conscience, vote her heart, even though it was opposite of what North Dakotans want. She should have stuck with that. But this was kind of goofy. Here, here's one of the other things that bothered me. Listening to that and then looking back, why hasn't she ever stood up to her leadership on the way they treated Judge Kavanaugh? If we're supposed to do the right thing by him, how about the way they treated him in that hearing last week? There was no outrage. How about the new standard of, due, of, of uh, due process where you're guilty until proven innocent? Uh, she's never spoken out against that. Somebody needs to step up in the Democratic caucus in the United States Senate and they need an adult. To, to bring them back. Otherwise, we're gonna go through this again and again and again. My hope is that this experience has taught them something about civility and how you treat human beings. A couple more questions, sir. Uh, earlier today, her brother, Joel Heitkamp, was on MSNBC, and I'm quoting here. He said, uh, look, we've got a congressman that has not done anything. There's still more to this story, suggesting that she still has a chance to win this race. Your response? Well, first of all, um, I've done lots of things over six years, and I love the opportunity to put my record of accomplishments side by side with Senator Heitkamp's. Um, now, that said, <laughs> think of who you're talking about here. Um, you're talking about her brother. You're talking about the, the one-man band, if you will, in, in Fargo. And so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't worry about, about what Joel Heitkamp says on, on MSNBC. Obvious question, sir. I'm sure you've been talking, I'm, I'm assuming, to some people within the Senate. Do they have the votes? I mean, is there, is there a theory here that Senator Heitkamp came out today so she doesn't have to have the pressure of being the deciding vote? And then come tomorrow and Saturday, or whenever they make this final vote, will the GOP confirm Judge Kavanaugh? Well, Chris, I believe they will, but I have not talked to anybody in the Senate today. I, I have heard from nobody that, that would know if they have the 50 votes or not. I'm confident they do, and the reason I say that is, <laughs> I know Mitch McConnell, I've gotten to know him quite well, and if he's calling for a vote, uh, uh, you know, and of course they're going to have a cloture vote tomorrow, and if he's going to call for a, for a final vote on confirmation this weekend, he must feel like he's got the votes. Whether he announces it or not, or whether we expect the last two or three to announce it or not, I don't know. But every indication is that every Republican is going to vote for Judge Kavanaugh. Last question for you, sir. Some people are saying, hey, Senator Heitkamp is thrown in the towel. Carl, Carl Rove even said earlier today that the only reason she's mm -hmm. voting no is because she's auditioning for a future position in a future Democratic presidential administration. She did raise nearly $4 million. She's got the money to continue mm -hmm. to 
fight and, and try to win this campaign. What's next here over the next 33 days? Well, it's a good question, Chris. I would tell you this, I don't join that chorus that thinks that this was a concession by any stretch. Um, she is a fighter, she does have resources, and you know, while I may disagree with her on lots of things, I would never underestimate her political prowess or her tenacity to win this race. Now, I don't think it's well waving of the, the white flag, but it may be a bit of a Hail Mary. Uh, I think you know every issue she's tried has clearly not worked. The Kavanaugh issue has clearly worked against her in, in the last week or two. Her attacks on my wife clearly worked against her. And um, so they're pr probably out of bullets at this point unless they make something up. But with $4 million and a great imagination and a strong desire to hold power, you never know what's coming next. But I don't think she's given up. Congressman Kramer, as always, we appreciate your time. We look forward to talking to you again soon, especially over these next 33 days. Have a great evening, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for the opportunity, as always.